Hello, this is Robin coming at you for Secure Mindset, uh, the podcast for protection, rescue, and lifestyle, uh, the channel where we think before we protect. Today in this podcast, I'm going to uh, tell you about, an, uh, in collaboration with my uh, guests, about a very ancient skill that any protection professional should learn, in my opinion. So if you're in law enforcement, search and rescue, wildlife conservation, or military operations, and then today's guests will help develop you this ancient skill of man tracking. I want to welcome Kit Lin from uh, Kit Lin Walking today, uh, walking today from the way of tracking. She's an official representative instructor at the Hulse Tracking School, a certified wildlife conservation ranger at uh, conservation ranger operations worldwide. She's an old world alliance instructor and featured uh, contributor and a certified ranger. Uh, she is also collaborating in the path with Dave Canterbury of uh, the Pathfinder School. And she also taught the veteran search team in the Netherlands on man tracking. Uh, her information can be found at thewayoftracking.com uh, on YouTube, uh, on Instagram. Uh, she's on LinkedIn. So uh, if you're fine, go to her channels and make sure that you like and subscribe one of her videos and uh, um, so you can learn the way of tracking. Uh, so uh, Caitlin, welcome to Secure Mindset. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Welcome. Um, I wanted to have you on the podcast today uh, to have some questions and to do an introduction uh, on uh, the tracking part. And for people who are not uh, well known with tracking and as it's such an ancient and almost uh, even timely forgotten skill, it's uh, something that you are trying to keep up. Um, to get it first off started with, uh, I want to, uh, you have an extensive background and uh, <laughs> so much experience all over the place. Um, so how did you get started in uh, your man-tracking uh, journey? Well, uh, I can tell you, Robin, that uh, actually everything started back in uh, 2015, uh, where uh, I took the decision uh, to attend for real to some uh, uh, man-tracking classes. Because before the time, I was just, uh, you know, grabbing some uh, books uh, on, uh, on Amazon, or some libraries, uh, trying to get more... Uh, um, you know, involving to this kind of art uh, and also trying to uh, get information from some videos on YouTube, which, which were really, really good. But the problem, you know, is experience. Yeah, you can buy experience by reading some books uh, and watching videos and uh, jump up off the bed one day and say, I want to be a tracker and I am a tracker because it doesn't work that way. So actually, I was looking for some uh, um, men tracking courses offers all around my place, which is uh, currently uh, the north of Italy, very close to Switzerland. And I found a school, which is the European division of Davis Scott Donnellan Tracking School, which is based in Arizona. But they have a representative here. So I officially started my journey by the time with that school. And uh, just uh, in 2017, I decided to fly to the United States uh, in order to attend uh, uh, a five intense uh, training course uh, with the Tracking School in collaboration with other instructors as well. Because, you know, it was a, 
you know, um, structure by the illustrating school, but other instructors as well uh, kind of got part in it. So we have, uh, for example, uh, Ken Galbraith, uh, which is a former DNA agent. We have Rose Peden, which is an author of several books based on men tracking as well as a representative for Search and Rescue Virginia. So it was so good to have a, like, uh, um, the possibility and the honor to learn from these uh, great uh, expert uh, and uh, senior trackers uh, all, all together in five days course was like, wow, <laughs> like a, a huge possibility, huge experience. So um, back then uh, I um, was entitled uh, representative of Woos Tracking School in the early uh, months of 2018. And it was actually when I started running my courses. But if you mean also, where did you get your passion for this art? Because I, you know, I have students in my classes asking me at the end of the course, but where all this come from? You have like, a, you know, like a suggestion. You have like a dream of what? How did it happen? Uh, I just want to make uh, things uh, very plain. It was my father's fault, uh, as my father is a big, big fanatic, uh, and I carefully pick up this word uh, of Western movies. So imagine me as yeah. a child passing and spending all nights uh, watching Western movies and seeing these figures, you know, standing on the ground, uh, touching the ground, and say, okay, we have uh, two wagons, uh, uh, four horses. Uh, five men walking in that direction. I say, wow, that's so fascinating. And uh, around 2015, I was already introduced to some survival skills. And uh, I say to myself, okay, this is the good moment for me to kind of, you know, investigate a little bit uh, on the art of mental tracking. So this is uh, actually the previous uh, explanation of uh, why there's a big passion, why there's commitment. And let's say that the commitment uh, became like a, a consequent, consequential thing because uh, um, I just wanted to keep this art alive, as you properly said, and I want to, to share this knowledge in some countries which is not so much, I mean, uh, uh, on the edge, like, uh, for example, Italy or Spain, too, because uh, these countries are more uh, into um, wildlife tracking, animal tracking, general speaking. But the fact is that uh, our ancestors, uh, our grandfathers, let's say, they do have, uh, they did have uh, tracking skills. The problem is that, uh, that we will lose the skills, uh, you know, years by years and uh, decades, uh, we don't have like uh, a real uh, solid uh, tradition because uh, there's a lack of books, uh, a lack of information. So, so I think that it was good enough, uh, you know, to lead some classes and just uh, also providing people uh, free contents from a website uh, in order to let them know, writing articles, uh, leading some webinars, uh, leading free introduction to this art and so on wow that's 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 quite a lot i, I like that you are um started off with the the western movies and how you you got into that as uh when you were younger i, I love yeah. that um 
more than younger <laughs> more than younger um yeah. uh how um but do right now uh, all that experience that you have throughout from younger and uh until now um have you got any parts uh how many because it takes a lot of practice it takes a, it takes a lot of dedication how many hours do you think uh, because um, I have the book Visual Man Tracking. You probably uh, probably know it. Yeah. Um, how many hours do you think that you need to invest before becoming a, uh, a proficient man tracker? Well, as I say to my students, uh, if you want to start and do it like uh, very step by step, you need to invest at least five minutes a day. And no matter where you are, because actually, even if you are in a urban environment, because you live in a city or you live, you live in a big uh, city, a metropolitan area, you still have uh, the possibility to look at the ground and spot some tracks. So the more you, uh, you spend some time looking for tracks, the more you will see them. You get what I mean? So uh, this is just to start. If you wanted to become a professional tracker, obviously it's not just the time that you spend, but also the places that you are busy, the place where you put yourself in and where you challenge yourself and you challenge your skill because the terrain, weather conditions, the difference between daylight and nighttime are consistent and very beneficial for a very, uh, you know, like fast growth in your tracking skills. So it's not just the time, but uh, how and when and where do you uh, apply yourself to it? Do, do you think that going through that motions and through that practice and building up the experience, where would be then, uh, you were talking about like having books and YouTube experience and going throughout, but where do you think it's a, it's a good place to start for, for beginning trackers? Well, uh, everyone should uh, actually start from uh, what are called in the, the tracking terminology, track traps. So track traps uh, is uh, the term that it's used to identify some specific areas uh, made out of uh, sand or mud or snow where you actually can see clearly the entire tracks. For the entire tracks, I mean the toe, the arch and the heel. By that, you can become a little bit more familiar, not only with the wall outline of the tracks, which is pretty much obvious in this kind of terrain, but also with the inner design of the sole, which is called the pattern okay, in, in the tracking. So when you have the possibility to train yourself a little bit, starting from the very beginning in this uh, kind of area, you will, uh, you know, like consolidate your tracking skill. You can, uh, for example, pick up, uh, I don't know, like track liner of uh, a made wearing, let's say, tennis shoes. Okay, let's start with that. It's going in this direction. Then he um, took a U-turn, okay, and then come back on the steps. And you, you are actually tracking in a very easy manner and a very, you know, like a beginner, but it is actually a good start. Later on, you can move on into different kinds of terrains. 
And it makes sense that, for example, I just pick up your country because I'm familiar to it. I am familiar with the area of Deventer. Is that correct, the pronunciation? Okay. Yeah, Deventer. Uh, Deventer. Yeah. Uh, it's, Deventer. It's, uh, with okay. with more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for example, I have uh, that area stuck in my mind because I've been twice in that area. First time in uh, October last year and second time in July. Okay, so I actually had the possibility to saw the area in two different uh, uh, weather conditions and season. But there's a sound, which is an absolutely good point where to start with. But you have also some, you know, some pine trees forest that actually start where the sound stopped. So there was like an intersection between sound and the beginning of, of pine forest with that some very thin and soft moss on it. I have it stuck in my mind that I say, this is good for my student. I actually admit it because uh, you come from uh, an easier area and you have the possibility to challenge yourself in an area which is still has sand on it, but not more on the substrate. It's just cover and moss uh, and pine needles are mm, a little bit challenging, but that's good. So um, crosslands. It is what actually allows you to grow in tracking. And um, this area, for example, for example, sorry, is a really, really good place where to start with. So it's so the proficiency to um, go from uh, from one track uh, over multiple terrains, exactly. and then and, and then starting off at, at a at a start good starting point uh, would that be exactly. If you are a um, um, very beginner man, you can actually start picking up an area where show clearly no other signs passage or perhaps not recent. And later on, when you have some experience consolidating you, you can uh, apply yourself uh, to identify your own tracks or the other tracks, for example, if you are on like uh, trails uh, by distinguishing the tracks of your interest from uh, the tracks uh, left by people who have absolutely nothing to do with you because the terrain uh, are contaminated and uh, contamination is uh, something that uh, really puts a uh, uh, higher level in tracking you know what I mean so pick yeah. up the tracks of interest in uh, like 100 and more tracks uh, could be a real hell, but it's exactly where you started to grow yourself in. I, I, I was looking at the video from, um, uh, from Veldvaardigheden. Um, I forgot uh, the... the from the Yeah, indeed. And uh, I, I saw you like instructing and uh, especially the part where you were, uh, I think it was the final exam part uh, where, you, where there was a big... Um, uh, a lot of traffic going through on and, and I saw you like teaching the students uh, on how to move them and uh, how to look at the tracks and uh, uh, the uh, the presenter from from Veldvaardigheden he was just like he was following it, it was so amazing to see it and and and, and um, and it does provide like the way you uh, instruct as well it, it's 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 good to see it's nice Thank you. I, I have to admit, Robin, between me and you, all the, the audience of the podcast, I mean, it was actually the final exam 
because I have to underline the fact that um, back in July of this year, uh, Martin and other guys attended to the intermediate and advanced level. So actually, the final exam was uh, uh, really was taken inside a urban area. Uh, so urban. We, yeah, we were in the um, arbor area of Devontown. Okay, uh -huh. uh, and uh, it was uh, um, more than challenging because they have uh, to, you know, look for uh, micro tracks, uh, mm -hmm. micro disturbances uh, in a urban scenario, and they have to look from, you know, for uh, like uh, grass at all of this uh, contaminated several times, but uh, just checking the direction of travel by the banding and the crease of the of the leaf. So they were really excellent, really. Uh, but that, that one that you are referring to, it was like uh, an exercise that we uh, develop the day during the intermediate level. And uh, that contamination was uh, the big, uh, uh, the bigger part of it, the biggest, yeah. I, I, I do think that like um, for a tracker to go through a, almost through an urban area, it's, it's just, amazing to to see that like for me um i am not proficient currently at man tracking but trying to work at it but it's if for me it's just magic here's somebody following track almost through uh, over stone uh quote unquote um and and that's one of the thing uh, because uh, i'm a lot involved as you may know uh in search and rescue and here, especially in the Netherlands, as you were training, as you trained the, the veteran search team as well, uh, that's one of the main parts that we are dealing usually with in, in the Netherlands. Uh, that, um, how do you, because that takes a lot of uh, higher skill, and do you give a specific, uh, um, how do you uh, build up to that specific knowledge and do you have specific tools that are needed in a semi-urban environment that you will not usually require in a, uh, a in a woodland environment? Yeah, I uh, got your point, Robin. Uh, well, actually, in urban environment and uh, in the cities like uh, those one we all live in right now, we have the possibility to double check the subject or the movement of the subject, it doesn't matter, it could be uh, a missing person or a fugitive uh, from a law enforcement perspective, because at the beginning of the podcast and your intro, you actually mentioned the law enforcement part, so let's include it. You can actually resort to uh, perimeter cameras, uh, video surveillance, uh, and uh, you can put all uh, the pieces together, because mm -hmm. when you are in the, in the great outdoors, in the wilderness, as you say, that uh, you have uh, some tools, and your tools are your eyes, okay, your uh, sense of curing, your sense of touch, and smelling as well, because you use all your senses in uh, uh, tracking, except obviously for tasting. When you are in a urban environment, you have to deal with a very tough terrain, as you mentioned. So you have uh, cobblestones, uh, which are pretty much a uh, Peculiar, for example, in Devonter, again, I remember that very well. You have concrete, you have asphalt, you have tar, have substrate, okay? And unless it is a rainy day, which is, uh, it could be possible or not, 
uh, you have uh, like no traces at all of the passage of a person because you pass on the street and you lift nothing. And then you have uh, bicycles, uh, you have uh, vehicles, you have, you have cars as transit on it. So how can you actually found uh, systematically a person or more persons only in urban environment? You just uh, don't have to stop only to very tough uh, substrate. You have to look for evidence passage, for example, in parks, uh, in uh, private gardens, uh, in areas uh, like uh, construction sites, uh, which may have uh, some sand. For example, that day, and uh, uh, during the advanced level, we were again at the Arbor uh, area in, uh, in Devonter, and uh, we spot like uh, um, an amount of sand, uh, which was, uh, I think, uh, left behind from uh, some construction works. But it happened to be, it turned out to be a perfect track trap mm. for capture the passage. So my students, the guys, for 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 for, uh, for the people who are not familiar with uh, what is a track trap. Again, uh, what we mentioned before, track traps are area okay. made out of so like it, it is good. Just refresh the terminology. It could be good to share this information with other guys. So again, the name is track traps because they trap. Okay, the the passage of person. Track traps is a terminology which is used to indicate areas made out only of sand, mud, and snow because they can capture the wall footprints very, very well. In, uh, in a urban perspective, when we, for example, cross an area which may have some sand-like construction sites or some mud could be I don't know, like inside some uh, private gardens or public uh, parks and so on, you still have the possibility to look very well, very clearly to tracks. You know what I mean? So mm. even if uh, we are clearly in a very, very uh, tough position when we have uh, to follow tracks in a tough substrate, on tough substrate, in urban environment, we can still resort to our tracking skills uh, when we have the parts, just go for tracks over there. Let's check this area. It makes sense. The more parks we have at our disposal in a urban environment, the more we can deal with it and the more information can we actually gain from it. And additionally, we can use, again, as I said before, surveillance camera and all the, the technology that we have to just reconstruct the wall transition of the subject in a human environment. Additionally, another uh, point could be just uh, talk to people. Let's get out some, uh, you know, witnesses. Oh, I'm, yeah, I remember that I say that a strange guy just passing on the street. It could be around the five o'clock, you know, we needed to collect data. We needed to make some intel. And we can get some intel from the terrain, but in a human environment, it is mandatory to resort to something else and to sort it out together, to just create the whole um, puzzle. So it's, it's essential to, in an urban environment, we're trying to track, especially in a 
law enforcement or search and rescue uh, type of scenario uh, and environment that you want to gather all the information in, and gather that possibly in a document. Um, and uh, so we can see what direction uh, the, the person was heading to. Absolutely. It makes sense. It is, uh, otherwise, it could be extremely difficult. Mm. Uh, another point could be we are tracking a very short distance a person who actually step into like a pond and he's, uh, she's leaving tracks of water, okay? Water which has been captured by the sole of his shoes. But uh, this kind of effect, which is called a transparent tracking, dry out like in a matter of seconds so if you are lucky enough to be just right behind the person you can still see these tracks and we actually experience to see this for like i don't know ten thousand of times but the problem is is that if you are you know a little bit further you have no chance at all to spot for this kind of tracks so that's interesting it, it, uh, do you have any personal experiences that you were like um, uh, helping maybe uh, search and rescue or uh, military or law enforcement to find a SID, uh, they uh, call it a quarry, right? In uh, there are multiple I, terms to it. I can actually uh, mention you uh, the recent one, uh, which happened, uh, I think it was around two, uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago. I was, uh, um, collaborating with uh, a local search rescue group. So around 40 people here in Northern Italy, and they, they called me because they actually needed to, uh, you know, um, to be introduced to the art of tracking. So they actually are my new students, let's call it today. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to create like a simulation of poor people who got lost and disappear from a urban environment but they disappear inside like a huge public park. So we have like what is called the Point Lassine, which was still inside the city. And we grab some information like, uh, you know, other people are playing the part of witnesses that say, oh, see, uh, look, I remember that I saw it um, in that direction, but I'm not 100% sure. So, we needed to deal, <coughs> I'm sorry, starting from a urban situation, developing into like a, a search and rescue for different subjects in a huge area. I mean, uh, kilometers and kilometers of public park uh, contaminated that you can even imagine how many people passed there, uh, you know, and uh, it, was, uh, it, it was very, very tough. Also because we, on purpose, start the research from uh, uh, the middle of afternoon and we went on uh, for the night. So it was like uh, an extreme condition for leading a, a research in that, in that kind of area. Well, but that's interesting. We actually, uh, we started looking at the ground since, uh, uh, you, you know, the urban environment, we look for even the, the microscopic details. I remember that there were some, you know, that are like uh, floor tiles uh, that some yeah. cities may have, okay. Between those floor tiles, sometimes uh, they just got separated a little bit and you mm -hmm. still have uh, 
some uh, soil and some small uh, plants like uh, Plantago or Cucinalis in Latin, which may grow between the tiles. So we can, uh, you know, proceed one meter after another, spot these small plants and say, okay, this is bent in this direction and it is a fresh track. So let's go for it. And we actually proceed very slowly at the beginning, but okay, we were in the world, we were environment. So we need, you know, to calibrate every single step that we take. Also because we were, uh, a people of uh, um, like a, a 10 people uh, research team looking for this uh, four people disappearing in different direction. And also we need to understand how not to contaminate the area additionally with our own presence. So it makes sense to move very slowly, very systematically. That so must on. put a lot of pressure on you in that case. Uh, it, it, it was it was also because uh, uh, we didn't work with dogs, so we were just uh, a group of uh, me and they they are actually my students, so they are learning, and it was uh, easy because uh, we were in a like uh, on a mission on a search and rescue mission, even if it was a uh, like a simulation that time. But I have also to double check my students uh, if they were, you know, accurate enough uh, to look before placing their own steps uh, in order not to contaminate. Because the, the, the biggest problem when you are a beginner is that uh, you don't pay that much attention to your own movements. You mm -hmm. want to do good, you want to challenge yourself, uh, and you move like this very quickly, you know, because you are moved by passion by the, your commitment to do good, but every single step should be calibrated. So I always say, before you move on, you have to look at the ground. Is there any track? No, okay, you can move on. If there is any possibility to have, even a, a track big like this, you need to just like coordinate the area, um, mark the track with, uh, anything, I mean, like a, a small bag or whatever you may prefer, but very visible way, sorry, and then you proceed, and that's, that's how things should work. That's excellent, uh, and especially when, when the pressure is on uh, with the team, and um, it's, it's too much, and, and it takes, you are basically doing two things. You are trying to uh, track the person who was uh, the, the, the quarry or the missing person, and you were teaching the team, uh, and they uh, and looking out there for that they were not uh, uh, contaminating the area. Um, exactly. That, that 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 is a lot of pressure in in, uh, in one one term. Uh, so, but, but I'm very glad to do that. <laughs> it was it wasn't that it is something that I it always motivated myself a very very in a high way. So, um, how do you take that pressure? and deal with it uh, because we got the physical and uh, tracking aspect from just looking at the ground and moving forward. But how do you take that, that pressure and deal with it mentally? Because that, that interests me as well, because you're trying to manage students uh, and you are trying to press forward uh, at the same time. Well, starting from uh, uh, the point of view that uh, uh, from my perspective, uh, and I think from all the instructor perspective, if you have a especially big group of people, like in this case, uh, 40 people that, uh, that are introducing to tracking, you don't want to leave behind no one. 
Mm. It makes sense that every one of us has got a different approach, a different way of, you know, looking at things and a different manner of apprehending things as well. So um, I always, uh, uh, it's not a secret, but I'm very glad to, <laughs> to share it with you. Before I, uh, I started working with a class, assuming that I know no one, study class mm -hmm. it was like a, a classes of uh, people which i'm not familiar to the first thing that i do when i do my presentation so i'm here to do this, the course will just uh, follow this uh, timetable this timeline and so on i look at the people and i start the profiling them in order to understand uh, if there is a uh, like uh, an individual which has could, or could be more charismatic uh, than the other because uh, it makes sense to me that uh, some people are more prone to like prevaricate, let's say this way, other guys. So that's why I always, uh, you know, mix up uh, the team. And uh, for example, I remember the guys from Federal Research Team, they are very good. I had Werner, I had Robert, and I had Jakob first class uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, I immediately understood it before they told me that they were a team because they stick to each other. They talk a little bit, uh, you know, like calibrate themselves. Yeah. So, and, and, and they are excellent trackers. So the first thing that I did is just to, you know, uh, like break up the team. And so mix divide them up. With, yeah. Just because I just want that uh, other people could, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of, your, of their knowledge and uh, just create like uh, a balance between all the elements. Let uh, all the, the people uh, take advantage from uh, the, the knowledge that I have, but also from people like Federano mm. who already are, <clears throat> sorry, well, already are uh, Sorry to interract, but uh, what I meant was uh, specifying, uh, we're dealing with the pressure of the search as a tracker, because it, uh, I, I can imagine that it, um, the, the pressure from both your students that you're trying to, uh, to teach. I, I was reaching that point. Oh, <laughs> was okay. Actually, <laughs> no, I was just explaining you the, 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 the the, the, you know, the first part, okay? I, uh, I was okay, getting got it. the point, I was getting. Um, <laughs> once we are, uh, I mean, in a hunt, we are in a follow-up, as it's called. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, from one, let's say that the, um, half of my brain is 100% uh, focused uh, on the follow-up because I need to, uh, you know, look for very uh, consistent tracks and not to focus on micro days because we have to cut the time distance gap with the fugitive or the missing person from one side. The other side uh, of the brain is focused on managing all the people in the group, just uh, getting everyone aligned, not only inside the formation, but also with, uh, uh, let's say, the speed of the follow-up because we needed to perceive uh, at uh, a single speed uh, and uh, use it like a single mind. So making deductions altogether is good, but uh, losing too much time uh, in, uh, you know, like creating, uh, formulating uh, even better deductions on the mentality of the fugitive. He could uh, go to this direction because, and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, 
it leads uh, to a big mistake because it just, uh, you know, grabs you out of the reality. And, you know, it, it is just a matter of second. Assumption can turn into assumptions. In that case, you are losing the contact with the ground. So I don't know if you get what I want to, uh, to, to explain, but uh, uh, you are focusing, but the other side, you are kind of say, okay, guys, let's stop a little bit. Let's stay stick to the ground. Let's stay stick to, to the facts and we proceed. Mm-hmm. You know, I get, so I get that's, what you're that's, that's a pressure because uh, sometimes maybe I'm reasoning with just one half of the brain, uh, thinking I'm alone and no, but I'm not alone. I have to work with the team, but we need to move at a very single speed. Otherwise, we are we are wasting our time. We are wasting our efforts. Uh, and uh, the more uh, time we spend uh, in formulating, again, deduction and assumptions, uh, the more our, uh, um, our fatigue, uh, physical, mentally, and the eye strain as well, uh, can have uh, you know, negative effects on all of us and in the follow-up uh, um, in total. Yeah, how, how much... Um... I just want to hook in on the point of you were mentioning a team. Um, Do you have any uh, strategies for starting? Because sometimes trackers work alone, but I know that sometimes trackers also work in in teams. Do you have some strategies for for specifically uh, um, uh, uh, fugitive hunts and uh, lost person hunts, um, to call it in that way, uh, for a team? Well, uh, let me say that uh, um, I have to separate, which is uh, uh, the search and rescue, uh, uh, you know, mission from uh, like, let's say, wildlife conservation. Okay, so Mm -hmm. just uh, let's distinguish one from another. Because from the search and rescue mission, it makes sense to stay stick to the the three-person formation. So we have uh, like uh, uh, two trackers and uh, uh, a paramedic. Or you may have like a two-point person, which are called flankers, okay, in the, the military uh, terminology, and the tracker, and again, the paramedic. The paramedic is not required to be a tracker. Yes, he has to be a paramedic. She has to be a paramedic. So it makes sense for him for her just to step uh, back the tracker in order again not to contaminate. So this is uh, the the main uh, reason behind uh, search and rescue. Uh, personally, I prefer the three members. Okay, so you have uh, a tracker, you have another tracker. We can uh, replace the main one in case of a uh, you know, high strain, physical fatigue, and whatsoever. And then don't worry. Um, I, uh, I was saying that uh, if we have to um, to cover the wildlife conservation part, which is uh, uh, you know pretty much uh, related to my commitment as a certified conservation rangers with uh, conservation rangers worldwide, uh, uh, let's say that uh, uh, we as an NGO uh, prefer or we let's say we adopt uh, the British formation in four elements. Okay, so the British formation involves two blocks, as they are called, for people, and uh, uh, you have uh, at least uh, 
one good trucker and uh, the two other person are uh, actually that could call a scout or uh, uh, the eyes or flankers. The fourth person, it is like a team leader, team controller, call it whatever you may want. And uh, he has uh, on himself also the responsibility to do the rear security. Okay. So this kind of formation may adopt uh, like a very traditional Y line formation with uh, two flankers, the tracker and the team leader, or it just depends on uh, uh, the whole structure of uh, the place uh, that is uh, penetrating and could uh, adopt like a single type formation, alpha, epsilon, and so on. But it's just based on the terrain uh, and the wall, uh, uh, let's say, geology, morphology of the wall area. Um, so um, I would go uh, all life uh, for the four elements uh, formation, which is 100% uh, British. And uh, let me say that. Uh, uh, it is something that I actually cover in uh, the last book that I, that I wrote, which is called uh, uh, Jungle Trackers. I mention it because uh, I have sometimes people uh, who are very, very into history. And uh, I decided to, to cover the, uh, the role, the importance for tracking of the SAS in Malaysian Borneo. So mm -hmm. uh, British elite forces, uh, who actually, uh, you know, like through the very basis of the modern way of uh, uh, doing tracking and anti-tracking. And for anti-tracking, I mean all the techniques, uh, <clears throat> sorry, that are put into use when you want to like cover your tracks and minimize them or try to erase at all. So I grab some material, I do a lot of researches, uh, look at like hundreds of hours <laughs> on YouTube and uh, I just uh, uh, had all the material necessary to cover uh, the role of SAS in Malaysia and in Borneo in the late uh, 50s. So the, the book uh, uh, is called again uh, um, Jungle oh, and, Warriors. And what, what, mm -hmm. what, what is so special about the SAS form of tracking now? You know, they actually adopted the four elements formation. So they, okay. the same one that we adopted with the range. So that was like the bridge for me thinking about it. Or you asked me about the formation, I was thinking, okay, well, we adopted the British formation, but because uh, they actually uh, tested it uh, on the jungle. So mm. when and, and we are as a conservation ranger separation worldwide, when we work, in a very thick environment, uh, like the jungle of Congo, it makes sense that uh, we need to uh, move fast. And it's not easy at all to move fast in the jungle because it's thick, because uh, it does a lot of threats as well, you know, insects, uh, snakes, uh, and whatever. And keeping visual contact with the rest of the team, uh, it's not easy because you have a, a big tree, you have this uh, lush vegetation, uh, and uh, the four elements formation is more, you know, like uh, contained. You, you, you just penetrate the jungle or very thick and narrow places more, more easily. So that's why I was uh, just covering uh, the SAS part. All right. Excellent. Um, so uh, you, you said you were writing some books. Do you have any new uh, books coming on? Uh, any special projects coming up? 
Well, actually, I have a, a book coming on with a, um, a Dutch guy, which is oh. a very good student of mine. And the idea is just to, uh, to formulate the whole book, starting in English. And uh, um, he just presented it as the final result in Dutch. And also because I um, actually tracking has got a lot of terminology, perhaps some important words like spur, which are uh, total uh, uh, Dutch words, uh, and the, the, the British like uh, inherited them and trade them all over the centuries. And um, me and uh, Tommy, which is the name of uh, the good student of mine that will, will help me and we will do this book, you know, uh, in four ends. Uh, I think that we will start working on it uh, on the beginning of next year. And uh, we will like, give it a, a more uh, like uh, law enforcement cut, you know, more uh, law enforcement perspective. So it will so certainly over, that. yeah, the very basis, but uh, I just also wanted to uh, in include some uh, indoor tracking, how you can apply the tracking skill to, you know, like crime scene investigation, which may involve some indoor scenario. So it makes sense to put also those kind of notions. I found it really interesting because on your channel, your YouTube channel, which I will link somewhere up here, um, I saw you were going through a bunker in, in Switzerland. Was it right? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I, I wasn't going down because actually that, that bunker, it has been built at the very top of the mountain. So it is a, imagine that you have a, like a, a mountain, like a Zermatt structure of the mountain. Okay. The bunker is not the basis or under the mountain, but it is in this point. Uh, uh -huh. But because it offers like a, a natural high outpost, both on, on a, a Swiss side and on Italian side. So being over there, and due to the fact that you can imagine there was a lot of humidity inside the, 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 the bunker as well, uh, it, it was uh, interesting to see uh, if it still uh, was good uh, and it was actually, um, Real, I mean, to follow some tracks inside the bunkers because some uh, some parts are completely covered in concrete, but others are like, uh, you know, they left it very raw. Like you can see uh, the soil, the uh, the original soil of the mountain, so you can spot some part of the outline of the tracks, uh, and the other parts, and you can see some transfer of mud and. Uh, uh, water which has been dropped by uh, you know the 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 the, the, the wall footprints and uh, and so on, and it, it it was like an experiment. It was like let's call it a avant-gardeistic tracking. So you wanted to uh, go out there and just see what happened in in the bunker. Yeah, if you are interested to uh, to visit it, uh, it is a place uh, a lot of people and the audience maybe are uh, have some curiosity. I put into the description on the video, but again, it is uh, 
you can reach it uh, um, uh, going uh, uh, to the direction of Italy and uh, this mountain is just uh, uh, this called uh, oh, I, okay I'll, I'll call it in, in German because I think that you can uh, maybe get what I mean it's called the, the Gotha Pass okay oh yeah like yeah it. I got it yeah I know where it and is and before you got into the gallery of uh, 33 kilometers uh, long that actually uh, put the connection Switzerland to, to Italy, you have uh, uh, the possibility to, to visit the bunker. You just have to, to do like a Montagna Road and get to it. Because the bunkers uh, actually, uh, it is uh, located at uh, 2,400 uh, uh, meters of altitude. So, that's a lot of high, but impressive. But you still have all the dormitories in it, all the furnitures, and uh, you know, due to the uh, Swiss law uh, on bunkers, uh, they still have to maintain them uh, in perfect state, uh, mm -hmm. and not only uh, the government bunkers, but also the, the private ones. So it was really kind of interesting. Was uh, it was good to see, and then um, the the part where you're just like, uh, how how does that? combined with the crime scene investigation uh, part, because uh, you were mentioning the, the indoor tracking as well in combination with uh, crime scene investigations. Um, have, do we have to, uh, did you have to deal with crime scene investigations in the past? And how, uh, how did you deal, uh, handle that as a tracker? Well, uh, I actually, um, well, I, let's say that that I started, um, you know, growing some interest in me for forensic tracking when I attended uh, several years ago uh, to uh, a course uh, which was led by the former Royal uh, um, uh, Royal Marine, uh, who led a course on uh, how to do proper photographs uh, on crime scene, you, you know, to do the world documentation. So I, uh, after that, I actually studied uh, two books that I'm looking at, uh, which is, uh, uh, the, the first one is Type Tribe Evidence, and the second one is called Forensic Footwear Evidence by the former FBI agent, William J. Botter. He's the guy who actually follow all the cases related to O.J. Simpson. Oh, and wow. these two manuals are like uh, the Bible, I mean, of forensic. Uh, later on, I've been uh, uh, put in contact from actually uh, a soldier from uh, uh, the elite special forces of Italy with uh, a ballistic expert uh, who um, has like a, a laboratory in Rome. And uh, she, because she is, she is very good at her work, she asked me to join her team in order to, let's say, correlate her ballistic reputation with the tracking, you know, uh, reputation of the footprints she may have found on indoor crime scene or outdoor crime scene. So we actually started to collaborate together and uh, we are still uh, still on it. I mean, amazing. And so we ha uh, did you actually had to track a, a point that was coming from a crime scene to a specific area or? Well, uh, it is, uh, um, no, say it again, because I probably didn't get, because I, I lost a little bit of a connection from my side. Oh, okay. Um, did you uh, got, uh, the, uh, did you really got from a crime scene that you were actually, that there were found tracks 
on the crime scene that you had to I, I'm out. not allowed. Oh, you're I'm not, not allowed. allowed. I'm not um, in the first, uh, let's call it phase, okay? In the mm -hmm. first phase of reputation, I'm not allowed to get into the crime scene mm -hmm. because, uh, for example, in Italy, um, the first person on scene are uh, the Carabinieri and uh, Vigili del Fuoco, okay? And all, in the second instance, other, um, you know, proper uh, law enforcement. So my turn, let's say this way, comes when the ballistics expert is allowed to get into the crime scene. It's just, you know, a matter of accuracy and as well of uh, procedures that every single country has got. So uh, when I have to work with it, I have to deal also um, the, most of the time with uh, like uh, good photographs uh, uh, taken on the scene, some videos and, uh, you know, kind of reconstructing uh, uh, all the, the parts together because of all because of the this wall of procedures I mean that are put into act yeah because um, as a tracker it's very <laughs> important to put take that evidence and uh, and uh, preserve it in the Perfect. right way uh, so exactly. we, we don't uh, degrade it yeah, the problem is that, uh, the, the problem, a good point is that, uh, that we, all the technology that we have uh, right now, it makes sense that uh, uh, you start with photographs. And uh, if you are taking good photographs uh, of a footprint of, a, of microscience, uh, you are good enough. Because sometimes <clears throat> you don't have the possibility to, to make, you know, the, 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 the casting. Because if you have, for example, a footprint, uh, which is deep, like, uh, say, like this, uh, it is not consistent with the possibility to make a good cast because it's too much on the surface. So uh, during all over the years, uh, photographs has uh, so much amena uh, into a real development in effect of a cameras, a lens, a eyes, or whatever, you know better than me. But it makes sense that uh, if you take some good photographs, uh, you're already in the good uh, way to uh, also preserve uh, the footprints. The problem is that when you have the, 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 the footprint, as well as like uh, an ear or some smaller uh, drops of blood, and in that case, you just don't have the forensic tracking, but you have all the part which is related to blood pattern analysis. So the dynamic of the full of the singular drops of blood. So you have like a two forensic science, you know, cluster together, intersecate, and it, it to me, it's a very fascinating. And, it's a fascinating uh, topic, uh, definitely. Yeah, I for this reason I decided to, for example, um, uh, last weekend I was leading an uh, intermediate course and we cover the all the parts related to blood pattern analysis. When I was in Holland again, in the Netherlands again, I was covering the part of the uh, blood pattern analysis because uh, uh, people need to understand, uh, for example, which is the bleeding source of the person, just looking at the, um, let's say, configuration of the drop of blood. There are a lot of good videos on YouTube and it's very easy for me, I mean, I mean to understand the process. Uh, but the challenge is that when you are looking at something like this on the ground, are you able to identify 100% sure when no and then doubt, no problem that 
uh, is that uh, the, the blading source is an ankle or uh, an upper part of the body, whatever. That's interesting to see because uh, um, uh, I know that like reading through some of the books and you can see the physical condition of somebody that uh, where he is in, if he is injured or not, uh, walking on more on the left leg, uh, jumping on the right one or trying to anti-track. Um, and I, I find that's one of the, the, the most proficient skills, I think, that for a SAR team or for a uh, military team or any kind of tracking, then information is, is, is so valuable, uh, I think, uh, exactly. and especially I, trying I, I to preserve it. We are on part, I mean, because we are very into it, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, the more knowledge we have, uh, the more uh, uh, the good work we can, uh, we can actually produce and we can all take benefits of it. Uh, um, uh, just coming back to the, the to the tools part, um, I was looking at some videos and I found a uh, a really interesting tool that you made. Uh, it, it, it was a wrist wrist bay, uh, wristland or something. Uh, yeah. what, what was it? It is a bracelet. It, it's okay. a bracelet. It is a bracelet made out of leather with two bottom clips. Okay, uh, at the bottom. Um, Do you have the, it on you? Can it, you sh can you sh the, can you uh, show it or? Uh... Well, it is. I, I would love for you to show it. The is that that uh, it is. I was thinking where I did I put it because it could actually because I already packed my stuff for oh, the next class. You're adding and out. The problem is that, that I have to dismount all the backpack. So mm, sorry. I I think that I can uh, maybe uh, get a, a photograph. So yeah, uh, we, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll put a picture in later on. Uh, in in, in editing, it's good to see. Uh, give me one sec. So I. Sure. Oh, well, I need to go on Instagram, huh? Okay. <laughs> of okay. course, we, we, make we, sure we, to we go on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. It, uh, Let me see well, that. It seems to be like a huge track, but it's an absolutely normal track. So I don't know if it is a, a good enough to resolution of the image and the scream and whatsoever but you can see that the, the bracelet is actually made out of two parts a longer one and a shorter one mm -hmm. so the the main uh so once you you are wearing it it is dropped like this you may notice that it has a some uh, like a, a smaller lines uh, engraved on it uh, mm -hmm. which are consistent with uh, centimeters from one side and inches so once you have to uh take measure of the track you just uh, rub it off you lay that on the terrain and use the uh, measuring system that you are more familiar to uh, the longer part it helps you to uh take uh, the wall length of the track okay and the shorter part, it helps you to take the uh, uh, measure of uh, the width of the toe, of the arch, and of the heel. Um, it is a, a good recommendation because I just want to be plain honest that, that uh, uh, as you have to wrap it, uh, it, is, uh, it just, you know, catch the, the form and mm -hmm. the shape uh, of your wrist. So when you lay it down on the terrain, you need to use like a smaller rocks to make it completely to put it down. Exactly. It is called, by the way, the tracker's tool. 
mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the name uh, um, given by the Canter, uh, Can, um, Canterbury uh, because uh, uh, when we, uh, me and this artisan from Tuscany, uh, when we uh, came out with this idea, we were in Bologna at uh, an expo and uh, there was the Canterbury here and they say, let's call it uh, uh, the tracker stool. And he decided to realize a video as well. So there's actually a video on his channel. That's one I saw. Yeah, well. yeah, I, I got so that one. And uh, we kind of improvised that video because I, I, I don't know don't know if you noticed that I was using like uh, a smaller truck in yeah, vehicle where you know all the sand so because we were uh, uh, at this execution and I was like using it for a demo there's a uh-huh. smaller truck in vehicle and that's it interesting that's good to see uh, do, do you use that in your instructions as well uh, sometimes the, the tool or uh do you use the, the tracking tool? Uh, do you give it hand it out to students for them to use, or sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I lend it out with no problems. But uh, um, in um, intermediate uh, classes, I noticed that a lot of students already order the the trackers. Oh, they got already the got artisan. it. So it is extremely happy because we made a, a good promotion to uh, this bracelet because it's very, you know, it's very easy. You just need, as in made out of leather, you need to take care a little bit of using some, uh-huh. you know, some grease and uh, some rocks specific for leather in order not to, uh, to deteriorate. But uh, I use it on windy day, uh, very extreme weather conditions sometimes. And after, I mean, three years, I'm still very happy. And um, uh, you, you, I see that we're running a bit of time. I, uh, I know that you're uh, having a, um, a course uh, coming after this. Uh, do you do, you do internet uh, courses uh, with webinars? Um, yeah, I lead actually uh, like uh, three or four webinars per month. I was actually looking at my calendar, yeah, three or four, usually on uh, a Wednesday evening around uh, from seven or sometimes 9 p.m., uh, I did, I mean, uh, in, in Italian, in English, uh, or in Spanish language, okay. And uh, they are uh, focused on a specific point, like, uh, for example, tomorrow, I will leave one in Italian, which is a tracking applied to law enforcement, okay. Next week, I'll, I will have another one based on uh, tracking applied to survival skills and so on. So if uh, anyone could be interested in uh, uh, attending to obviously the English version uh, or the Spanish, I don't know, if you're more comfortable <laughs> with the Spanish, you can go with that. Just please let me know, you can drop me and me name it. I can actually forward uh, the, the calendar, you know, which uh, contain all the information about these webinars. I'll make sure to put it out uh, underneath in the description as well. And uh, I'll make sure to uh, hook in a comment with the, the extra information on uh, on the stuff. Uh, we have people uh, for uh, the links and the courses uh, will be placed also in the description. And I'll make sure to uh, post up uh, the, the links for, uh, for you guys to uh, go to the courses where you can fight uh, Kitlin. Uh, walk in for uh, for courses and you can sign up and uh, we'll make sure that we have uh, some uh, some extra images added up uh, and uh, extra information for you to follow uh, so you can uh, go and become as, a, as good of a tracker as uh, Kit Lin uh, is here. 
Thank you. Appreciate so, it. Um, I want to uh, uh, thank you uh, much, uh, very much for coming on the podcast, uh, Kit. And uh, my pleasure. It's uh, I really enjoyed it. I hope you you did as well. Absolutely, it just runs too fast. <laughs> um, it was secure mindset, protection, rescue, and lifestyle. And don't forget to think for a protect with uh, secure mindset, Robin with Caitlin. And I'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.